you been? Oh, I've been good. Yeah. I've been very good. Um, hear the dulcet tones of my voice. Oh, it sounds awesome. Yes, this is brought to you by Joe Biden. <laughs> um, Daddy Joe Biden. Yes. Um, yeah, so how have I been? How have I been? I've been super busy and stressed, and I applied to a new job, and I had an interview today that was... Nice. That was something. I passed the preliminary interview, so that'll be good. Um, yeah, I took my ferret to the vet today, and he pissed all over himself. So I got oh. I'm covered in weasel piss. I forgot to put on deodorant, so I smell just delicious, and <laughs> I'm ready to record. Oh, yeah. I feel you. Uh, it's just been a giant headache. I'm going after, well, tomorrow I have my last final. And then after that, I have to drive my grandma to Virginia. And then I'll <laughs> meet up with family and my mom and stepdad and brother going. And we're going to meet my aunt there. It's going to be fun. Oh, that would uh, be such a, such a joy. Nice. But if, if I don't die before then. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God, I hope not. Jesus. Yeah. Um, pass away. I want a vacation so badly. Like we've been talking about it. We're going to go down and visit everyone sometime either at the end of May or beginning of June. Oh, sweet. And I just, hopefully everybody will have their vaccines by then. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, I'm just, I really want to get away <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. It's like I really, really want to see the mountains again. I really want to see the sun shine again. <laughs> the sun. Do you remember the sun? It was so nice. <laughs> oh, it was so beautiful at one point in time in our life. Yeah, I'm just super excited to get into today's topic. Um, oh my by God, the way, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. welcome to Otherworldly, a friendly guide to the uncanny. You're going to introduce us this time? Okay. Oh no, no, you do it. I want it to, to be the proper way. <laughs> do it. Let's do the proper um, way. Welcome to Otherworldly. I'm Emily Wooten and this is Mary Boom. Hi, hello. <laughs> Today we're going to discuss Celtic folklore specifically leprechauns and kelpies, kelpies. Ooh, it's going um, to be very very fun um yeah so, i didn't know what a kelpie was until i started reading about it and then i'm like oh yeah i do know what this is so it's weird it, it's it's very strange <laughs> yeah um <laughs> you asked me you asked me what i would do if i um if i could catch a kelpie mm -hmm. and i would say i would go back to maybe sixth grade and i would make all the horse girls i got into arguments with die of jealousy from having a mermaid and a horse in one and it being my best friend <laughs> and not theirs at all i think most I think importantly not theirs i don't know what i would do if i caught a kelpie I would probably take it to horse races. You know, they're supposed to be super fast. Um, I'd make a lot of money, I'm sure. 
But but isn't that like isn't like the lower half of them supposed to be a fish? So wouldn't it just be dragging ass on the ground in the dirt? <laughs> like we won't know until we're signed up and ready. We won't know. We're just it'll be fine. This horse needs a sled underneath the latter half of it. <laughs> oh, so I I have always loved leprechauns ever since mm-hmm. I was a little kid. I used to call them leprechauns, uh, <laughs> which sounds like a villain with a skin condition. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I loved them. And I have a specific memory, uh, a scary memory, actually. And now it's a, it's a little funny, I guess. Um, pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> again, my parents and their movies and me getting traumatized. Uh, they were watching Leprechaun 4 at, in Outer Space. <laughs> and I had snuck out of my room and I was watching with them, unbeknownst to them. And it scared me quite a bit. And mm. Just so happened to be the next day was bring your kid to work day. And my mom at the time worked with a doctor who was a little person. <laughs> and upon and we were in the elevator, and upon the elevator opening, I remember screaming in terror, being like, Mom, it's the leprechaun. <laughs> and she was mortified. <laughs> she was just like, I swear, she, I, I swear she's not ignorant. She's just, she's just a child. Oh my god! <laughs> you say oh we watched. We, I can't imagine like how many times little people got so much shit during that period of time with the Leprechaun franchise. Oh, yeah, I imagine it was a lot. <laughs> Yeah. But from a, from an innocent kid, you know. Eh, it's whatever. It, oh, it was why? terrifying. Oh, it yeah, terrifying. Sure. <laughs> oh, but I mean I love War Warwick Davis. He's he's mm-hmm. hilarious. Um he's fantastic. The actor who played him played the mm-hmm. leprechaun. But uh let me get into leprechauns. So we all know they're, you know, the typical leprechaun you see as this small, diminutive little fairy with green hat and trousers and um, tailed coat on with buckles and all this, all the frills and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a little more complicated than that. So, um hmm. Let's just say overall, there are some overall like arching things about the leprechaun as an entity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leprechauns are, again, diminutive in size. Most, though, state that they're around two to three feet high. Um, So pretty sizable, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, they are considered solitary fairies and that they do not travel in packs or live in families. Hmm. Um, they're also across the board considered strictly male, which makes their propriety a real conundrum. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Um, they are considered cobblers by most sources. Um, I know that in the Leprechaun franchise, he is particularly taken with shoes. And <laughs> we'll, 
will wipe the blood and off the shoes and shine them <laughs> as he sees fit. Um, uh, they live underground. Um, they are surly and not particularly helpful and often enjoy tricking people. And across the board, most people say they possess a hoard of gold. Mm. So let's get, so we think about leprechauns, Mary, you think about green, right? Green and leprechauns. Oh, oh yeah. That's because it's become ubiquitous with Ireland, Ireland known as the green, the Emerald Isle, um, flush with greenery. Um, it's in the flag. So it kind of became a ubiquitous with the Irish flag and mm-hmm. Ireland. Um, hmm. But traditionally, as stated by W.B. Yeats, um, mm-hmm. the Irish poet, uh, leprechauns uh, wore red huh. to signify their lifestyle, which was solitary in contrast to communal fair folk. Hmm. Um, so leprechauns we see them in the united states particularly particularly around saint patrick's day we see them as a mascot of sorts you know everybody they're ubiquitous you recognize them um a lot of modern day depictions though um hail from very racist (laughs) caricatures that were drawn and created in response to the influx of irish immigrants during the 19th century yeah um so the ratty stovetop cap the buckled coats and belts yeah they're all they're kind of emphasizing that when irish immigrants the poor irish immigrants who came over here they were of course they were wearing clothes that were decades old Mm -hmm. and so when the cartoonists were drawing them, they embellished like how old and how ridiculous they looked. Yeah. But uh, Irish immigrants took upon themselves to pretty much make St. Patrick's Day a celebrated holiday in the United States in order to like foster integration into okay. the United States and hmm. form community and have an identity. And so they kind of co-opted this uh, racist image of a leprechaun and yeah. turned it into what it is today, um, a jolly little mascot. Mm-hmm. Um, so fuck you guys. We took it back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The origins of the leprechaun go back centuries as evidenced by towns and the land named after the creature. Nocklene Lurican in County Waterford derives its name from the hill of the leprechauns and Pula Lupercadon in County Kerry means pool of the leprechaun. I'm sounding a little <laughs> more Scottish than I am. Hey, I like it. I like it. <laughs> but the word lucraman um, basically means small body. Hmm. And medieval Middle English lucrpan also means small body. But there's a more interesting, more interesting route to their origin. And hmm. that is the Torte de Danen, the people of the goddess Danen. <laughs> 
So the they were a mythical race that came to Ireland at the beginning of, you know, Ireland's history, basically. Yeah. Um, they were believed to be human beings who then became immortalized. Um, among them was the Celtic god Luc and the god of light. And he was also a warrior and patron of the arts. Um, he was a very important god in a pagan Celtic l- religion. And it's believed that when Christianity invaded Ireland, mm-hmm. the power of the old gods of the Tote de Danen had diminished and as people forgot about them. Yeah. And so basically over time, Luc was reduced to quote unquote Luc Cromain meaning stooping look, which basically he became diminutive in size and got smaller. And all the Tote de Danen um, became fair people and were forced underground. So that is supposedly where leprechauns come from, is look, Cromain. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's so much more in-depth than when you think of a leprechaun with, you know, its pot of gold and rainbow and little green jumpsuit and funny little hat and oh little yeah and it's 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 shop claws just <laughs> just fettered with with flesh that it's stripped off of your face. She's so sweet and cute. <laughs> so uh Stories about the leprechaun, of course, they were passed by word of mouth for the longest time. Um, and m- like you mentioned, gold is a big deal. Um, in most cases of stories involving a leprechaun, it is where someone has se- caught the leprechaun and is demanding their gold. And mm. in most cases, they have to keep constant watch on the leprechaun for oh. if he disappears they're shit out of luck. No pun Mm. intended. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Other accounts, other stories say that if you catch a leprechaun, uh, he owes you three wishes. And usually uh, whoever the protagonist is loses the wishes because they, the leprechaun, you know, finds a way to get out of it cleverly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, (laughs) But that, the second part, the wishes part, probably comes from an old uh, tale known as Ectra Fergosa Macleti, the adventure of Fergus, son of Leti. Hmm. Uh, it's an 8th century CE. Uh, Fergus, who was the king of Ulster, um, was said to have woken up on the beach, I guess out of a drunken stupor. And- yeah. <laughs> Not trying to be racist. I'm just saying, if you're waking up on the beach, <laughs> you probably. <laughs> um, um, he woke up to, quote unquote, through lu- three lucrepan dragging him into the sea. He then grabs a hold of them and they ha- have to give him three wishes. Um, it be- So it became quite a common trope. And so one of my 
favorite movies of all time. I've loved it since I was a little kid. I still love it is Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Hmm. And it was released in 1959 by Walt Disney, live action, one of Sean Connery's first roles. I recently Hmm. learned that Sean Connery was a dirtbag, which sucks so much. But (laughs) anyways, um, it's a wonderful little story, but it's based on the book Darby O'Gill and the Good People, which was released in 1903. It follows Darby O'Gill, who's an older gentleman living in Ireland. I don't know which, which county, but it's about his sojourn to the mountain home of the fairies and his interactions with King Brian Connors. <laughs> King of the Leprechauns. And in the actual book and in the movie, King Brian himself gives lip service to Fergus McLetty. It's it's a wonderful little watch. It has a banshee in it towards the end. Ooh, spooky. Oh, it's Ooh. A, oh yes. Oh, she's scary too. I don't oh, my personal Ooh, nightmare. She, she gives yeah. me nightmares. Oh, she's <laughs> awful. Uh, there's there's a lot of different movies and everything that have been made about the leprechaun. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of you know B-rated children's movies and yeah. like, trash like that. But uh, Darby O'Gill is one of the really good ones. I really enjoy it. And yeah, I think I've just always been obsessed with the idea because in my mind as a kid, leprechauns are supposed to be teeny tiny, like the size of a Barbie. And yeah. that's so, so cool because I could put my Barbie house outside and fill it with furniture and ooh, it could be a little leprechaun house. You know, that reminds me of that movie Cat's Eye with Drew yes. Barrymore. Oh my gosh. That one used to creep me out. But I love that love movie it. with the little troll and his little knife. Oh yeah, yeah. that was fantastic. Oh, <sighs> they they really don't make any good movies anymore. Well, well, they make they some do. that are good, but man, I just feel like I've watched so much TV within the last year that nothing's good anymore. Because just <laughs> I just don't want to anymore. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Uh, uh but. Yeah, I I really enjoyed learning about the Tota de Danon. And I didn't mean to insult anybody who's Irish. Uh, Funny enough, uh, the leprechaun is related to the Cluricon, which the Cluricon are the drunken, smoke-filled, lecherous cousins of the leprechaun. They steal from you, and they basically are booze hounds and love smoking tobacco hmm i mean they kind of sound fun i mean i'd i'd hang out with them once oh definitely twice for sure if i had the energy chloricon just also also sounds like it's a racist caricature yeah (laughs) someone tried to put together of an irish person but yeah there you go i'm sure you all appreciated my irish accent which sounded scottish and is i'm i'm sure you're pretty offended and i'm sorry about that I apologize. Oh, we're all going to be fine. It'll be okay. Cause I'm about to tell you about something else. Oh, another, oh, another creature. Tell me. tell me about the, the ponies, Mary. Take me oh, to the table. I'll take you to the ponies. So there's a, uh, we're going to have to leave Ireland for this one and go to Scotland. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh. We're talking about Kelpies. Oh, so, 
it's a Scottish le- Scottish legend, okay? So they're kind of under this big umbrella of the Fae, right? Right. Don't know where they fall in there because the Fae, it seems like, are connected to everything, everywhere. <laughs> every cryptid, every ghost, you could somehow connect it to the Fae. Um, There's the one right behind you. Oh, my God. Quick look. <laughs> <laughs> so the Gaelic words that the word Kelpie derived from are calipeach or colpac, meaning heifer or cow. So Kelpies are said to haunt rivers and streams, usually in the shape of a horse. Um, most famously, these mythical Gaelic water beasts have a very popular mascot, the Loch Ness Monster, which is the whole reason <laughs> I want to go to Scotland. Also the beer. So I did not know that Kelpies were what the Loch Ness Monster is. Had no Supposedly. idea. Supposedly. Yeah. I mean, when I see, you know, those pictures, those famous pictures of the Loch Ness mm-hmm. Monster poking out, it doesn't look like what they describe a Kelpie as. Mostly looks like a log. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just looks like a like a giant water snake. <laughs> just, just like a snake or a log. Yeah, yeah. So what do Kelpies look like? So according to the mythical bestiary uh, fandom webpage, Kelpies' true forms look somewhat like black or white horses. However, there are a few things that make said horse form different from mundane horses. So for one thing, they are aquatic in nature and are always dripping wet. For another thing, they will have a slight greenish tint in their fur um, as if algae grows throughout it. Their uh, manes and tails will tend to have water weeds tangled throughout. Throughout, also they have fish like fins on their backs and fetlocks, as well as having a fin slash ear hybrid, um, which is hard to imagine. And then they also have eyes that look both like horse eyes and fish eyes at the same time. Uh, and they have mouth mouths full of razor sharp shark like like teeth. So. Horse mermaid with shark teeth, fins, weird eyes. Yeah. And they're always soaking wet. So another thing about them, you're not always going to see them as that. That's like what their quote unquote true form is. Kelpies are also shapeshifters. So I don't know. Maybe they could turn into a giant water snake. Who knows? But um, <laughs> they can they can appear in many forms. Um even human figures. So mostly mostly male figures, though. So apparently it's really rare for them to appear or manifest as a woman. Huh. Yeah, I mean, they've done it. It just depends on, I guess, who they're <laughs> trying to trap. Because um, it's, you know, there were some stories online where they did appear as a beautiful woman to pretty much, you know, trap some man or whoever they're trying to get a hold of. Um, so they prefer, they prefer having having a dingling oh for sure Mm. so but you see a person and they're near a body of water and you're wondering okay how can i tell this apart from the lifeguard or is it a kelpie right (laughs) so you can attack the lifeguard when he has hooves or wet (laughs) water weeds in their hair so if it looks like they've got like you know kelp in their hair or and they've got hooves yeah, you might either if, run or just attack. I don't. I don't know. If it looks like old Greg doing uh, centaur cross cross dressing, then it's it's a exactly. Kelpie. Exactly. 
Per um, Wikipedia, accounts state that the Kelpie retains its hoofs when appearing as a human. So it leads to the association with the Christian idea of Satan, as alluded by Robert Burns in his 1786 poem, Address to the Devil, which goes as (laughs) such. When throws dissolve the snawny horde and float the jiggling icy board, then water kelpies haunt the ford. By your direction, and knighted travelers are lured to their destruction. 1786. My goodness. The way they, they <laughs> spell those like horde, bird, 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 bird. So, Kelpies, let's talk a little bit about how they're going to act, how they're going to behave. I mean, we want to know what we're looking for, right? We, we know what they look like roughly. Um, they're going to be near a body of water somewhere, right? I mean, generally, when you want to get a new pet, it's good to do some investigative work to see, you know, how you're going to take care of it, you know, what it requires. Yeah, I think so. You know, you've got to make sure you've got a good pet to take care of. And I've got to get my horse ready for the derby. You know, it's important (laughs) stuff. Man, Kentucky never saw this coming. (laughs) You're going to have to... (laughs) Just staple some tarps onto its fins. So it's be a wet it. ride. <laughs> drag its fucking fins through the. Just have a horse trailer, and there's just like <laughs> slime and sludge and algae flying out the back. It's just mm. a normal day on the interstate, you know. So we <laughs> we want to know how they act, right? So these are not your average ponies. These big boys typically do not play nice. Often noted is their trickery towards humans. So Kelpies, of course, disguise themselves as humans and lure innocent men, women, and especially children into the water with them. Once in the water, the Kelpie will feed on their flesh or simply drown them. So. (laughs) But my question is, horse is not a meat eater. Well, they're also not just a horse. (laughs) But, but, (laughs) but it's like. (laughs) Horse likes oats and grains, <laughs> and it, it's the top half that's the horse. I just also I I will f- say fully that I find horses terrifying. Oh and yeah, the thought of a horse eating you just <laughs> sends shivers down my spine. <laughs> I, I might be coming encounter with horses um, this week, which this will come back to haunt me in those moments. Um, <laughs> now that I'm thinking of it, big teeth. Oh no, big shark teeth. Imagine, big teeth. like, fucking imagine a horse with shark teeth. <laughs> like the two it- rows. So apparently, these kelpies love to get a hold of kids. So, per, uh, per Historic UK, a common Scottish folktale is that of the kelpie and the ten children, having lured oh nine children. Onto its back, it chases after the tenth. Nine children are riding on top of this thing. It's chasing another kid. <laughs> the child uh, strokes its nose, and his finger oh, becomes no. stuck fast. He manages to cut off his finger and escapes. The other nine children are dragged into the water, never to be seen again. They don't stop there, right? So they're even right. said to summon floods, sending their victims to a watery grave. Um, and according to the mythical bestiary fandom webpage, they are said to have human-like intelligence. However, due to their main appearance and their hunting techniques, they've been classified as beasts. 
Kelpies will mate with another when the time comes and are surprisingly protective to their offspring. The offspring start out as frog-like eggs laid in a body of water, usually laid one at a time. However, more than one is possible. What the fuck? Yeah. Frog egg. Okay. Yeah. All right. A horse, a horse mermaid shark gives birth to frogs or tadpoles. This was or- written by a five-year-old who's like, uh, what if we made like a horse and a mermaid and one? Yeah, but it had razor sharp teeth and it could eat all our enemies. Ooh, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, they're I was like, really? Okay, this sounds like I literally just made it up before I got in here and started talking about it. I mean, (laughs) okay, let's talk about their powers and what makes them unique. How how do they have such a hold over us, right? I mean, they sound pretty useless. (laughs) Like, they don't really have a hold over you unless unless you go swimming. Yeah. So basically, or or you touch them or something. It's like you've got to touch them. They've got to draw you in one way, or or they they create a flood, or you know, get you in the water somehow, right? (laughs) Mm. You know, horses are scary. I you already know that I hate swimming in lakes because of upturned tree trunks and shit. You never know what's in a lake. Yeah, you know, disgusting. Yeah. So I mean that together, but honestly, you know. Just stay in Kansas and you'll never have to. (laughs) You'll never have to deal with water. (laughs) No, or with Kelpies or anything. Getting into their powers. I want you to imagine you're going to Mm -hmm. buy a horse at an auction and the auctioneer is presenting a Kelpie instead of an actual horse. This bad boy right here has the strength of 10 horses and likes to murder small children. No need for a minivan. This horse can do it all. I mean... I wouldn't know what to do if there was a horse in an auction that like that. I mean, yeah, it's got this strength of 10 horses. So it can, <laughs> so it's like, it's like a really powerful minivan that'll murder your children. It's fucking useless. Yeah. What the, what the fu- you might as well chop it up and turn it into tuna. And yeah. Use for glue. I don't know. What. How many horsepowers does your horse have? 10. My doula has ten. My doula. But it did eat our fourth child. So uh, their powers. Kelpies are said to have an enhanced balance, bite, hearing, jump, smell, speed, and strength. Like I said, they have shark teeth. Um, Apparently, they can (laughs) jump like a rocket. Um, Well, I mean, that's that's a plus. I mean, you can really bounce around. I mean, that helps. Um, night vision they can see in complete darkness apparently so you know i guess they can see in the mucky water maybe i don't know i I see here you wrote speed swimming michael (laughs) phelps can fuck right off (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah they they can speed swim um they have an expanded view no need for horse goggles um aquatic respiration so they can breathe regular air and they can breathe underwater apparently because they have you know gills and stuff like that because they're like mermaid horses what's strange is they have this thing called adhesive secretion but it's considered a power so like frogs they have a mucus membrane in their skin that 
Huh. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how that's a power, though. I mean, I guess you could kind of glue people to you. Maybe if you're like super sticky, it just sound like they're maybe just disgusting. Um, and of course, you know, their most important power, they can turn into humans. So if if you run into these helpies, how do you plan on capturing it? Because, I mean, you got to show it off, right? If you manage to capture one, you got to figure out how to do it. So apparently you can. Not alive. <laughs> yeah. Tell you that so much. Kelpies can become tame if one can either put a bridle on it in horse form or chain it in human form. So this will cause the Kelpie to become tame and to succumb to the capturer's whims. So a bridle is the headgear used to control a horse consisting of buckle straps to which yep. a bit and reins are attached. I didn't, I wasn't like one of these horse girls growing up. I'm, I knew a few, okay. but I didn't ever get into it. But um, yeah. So they're very, they succumb very easily to Stockholm syndrome. They just, <laughs> they put a bridle on me and then I'm ready to be your pet. You know, <laughs> take the bridle off. I taste my freedom. Yeah. I steal your minivan. <laughs> <laughs> Go on a killing spree. Interesting. So- Apparently, um, there was this story um, where a Kelpie pretty much fell in love with this woman, and he pretty much tricked her that he was a man because he approached her in male form, right? And he had asked her, do you want me, like, if I had the choice between staying a man and being with you or becoming a Kelpie, what would you choose? And he chose to actually stay mortal to marry her and have kids and stuff like that. So apparently like they have this ability to stay like that and suppress their powers or whatever. I mean, if you, if you can convince a young, you know, Gaelic virgin that having a slimy dick is just normal, (laughs) you know, good good for you. She's like, I don't, I don't need no WAP. I am a WAP. Uh, (laughs) funny with that? song be as wet ass penis <laughs> why has nobody done that there's probably some YouTube a goo video. <laughs> a gap a gooey ass penis uh-huh. well thank you everybody for listening <laughs> well uh i received um a letter in the mail of this not novelette novella that somebody wrote and hmm. It it seems like it's, you know, a work of literary, a a literary genius. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I thought I would read it to you, Mary, if you're interested. I'm very interested. Well, I'll just, it's called Kelpie Copulation by Meryl Boone. And Meryl has written in before quite a few times. I woke up, curlers in my hair, and my coffee in hand. When I noticed the mail had come, the FedEx driver literally threw it from the truck and it smashed against the side of my house. What a dick, I muttered as I scooped up the package from my front steps. It was my ancestry DNA test results. And all, I would finally know all about my heritage and from which I came. <laughs> I tore into the package, my hands shaking with anticipation. It was a stack of papers. I sifted through them until I scanned the word result. 
The reference panel shows that I am 70% Scottish, 10% French, 10% German, 5% Italian, and 5% Kelpie? Okay, interesting enough, but what in the world is a Kelpie? Upon my research, I promptly booked a flight to Scotland to see for myself. The plane ride was rough. A kid screamed the whole way, and I managed to drink myself into a hangover in addition to my jet lag. I was feeling nauseated as the plane landed on the tarmac. I made it. I gathered my belongings. I stepped foot onto Scottish soil, and I stretched and took a deep breath, but I choked as I inhaled my mask. I took it off because I'm also 100% dumbass. I finally caught a cab and was on my way to the hotel. It was a beautiful hotel right near the glimmering waters of Loch Ness. As I pulled up to the entrance, a young man with beautiful red hair unloaded my belongings and escorted me to the hotel's front desk. How can I help you, ma'am? The hostess asked. I began, Hey, dear, I'll be staying here for a few weeks. Um, I'm exploring my heritage. The hostess seemed less than interested and handed me my key. Room 206 with Loch Ness's view. I walked in the room and I drew back the curtains to unveil a beautiful view of the rolling greenery and, of course, Loch Ness. I sat down on the bed and started to take my shoes off when I realized my ankles were swollen triple their standard size. Oh, no deep th- vein thrombosis. <laughs> it was already dark out, but I figured some swimming would help. So I slapped on my bikini and headed to the lock for a dip. Nobody was outside and the dock was poorly lit. Uh, so I, it was spooky, but these sausage ankles needed some relief. <laughs> <laughs> I sat on the deck, hoisted my heavy ankles into the water, and kicked them about. The water was a cool temperature, but I decided to sink my body into the murky lock anyway. I swam a few laps when I noticed a beautiful white horse on the bank several yards from me. I had to pet it. (laughs) So I swam over and approached it ever so slowly. Upon, Upon closer inspection, I noticed green algae on its fur and what appeared to be water weeds in its mane. I realized quickly that it was no ordinary horse. It was a Kelpie. The Kelpie approached me. Slow down, pony trash, I demanded. (laughs) But he came so close to me that I could smell his putrid aroma. In an instant, it began to transform, twisting violently like a tornado until a tall, unkempt man with hooves stood in front of me, (laughs) completely naked. So I'm with me. No, don't be shy, (laughs) the man insisted. I've got some wine in that bank over there. We can sip and chat. (laughs) I can't. You see, I'm already hung over. I began to feel entranced and quickly joined the man in the water. Everything was fine until he started to pull up my swollen ankles. Bitch, don't you touch. I started, but I was drugged below the surface of the water. We tossed amongst each other like slow motion wrestlers in the water, bobbing for air sometimes, but he was much stronger than I was. It went on like that for what seemed like an eternity until I began to transform into something else. It appears that the 5% Kelpie took over once I was submerged into this magical lock. 
shock painted the face of the Kelpie and he was now entranced. <laughs> so he stopped fucking drowning her and was like, <laughs> yeah. I think I want to make love to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was now a super hot horse hybrid <laughs> with massive tits and thick voluptuous skirts. His body quivered with sexual arousal. I arched my back and flipped my wet mane in response. He bit his upper lip and drew in close to me, revving his pelvis back and forth like an engine. <laughs> we made love that night. The moans of pleasure echoed across the lock for miles. Fast forward. <laughs> it's been a few years, a marriage and two children later. And what can I say? Mortal men aren't like him. I couldn't hop off that pogo stick. However, my fairy tale ended in despair when he received his ancestry DNA results. We're siblings. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that wouldn't stop a Kelpie. Yeah, but I mean, her, it might stop her. I was going to drown you in the lock, but now that you're a hot woman horse, I just want to take you from behind. Oh, man. (laughs) 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 Just, I wonder what a pair of tits would look like on that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It depends on if they would have, if the tits would be. If they were on the chest like human tits are, if they would be down in the belly region like on a horse. Because <laughs> horses, I guess, do have tits, right? When they, they have babies, they get tits. They have to. I'm going to Google horse mm-hmm. tits real quick and see. If, <laughs> yeah, because I really don't thing. know. I need to know. Horse tits. Oh, don't Google that. Don't oh, Google God. that. Don't. <laughs> nobody. Nobody. Oh, my God. Nobody Google that. Oh, my God. oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I just saw horrible things. Oh, no. Oh, no. Can you describe what you're no, seeing? No. No. <laughs> uh. Oh, 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 God. Oh, God. Yeah, that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, man. Maybe we need to lighten this up with another story. What do you think? Oh, that sounds pretty good to me. Did, did anyone email you a story this week? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I actually got one. Um, it's, a, it's a story by Amelia Vuitton again. Um, <laughs> she sent one in um, called Shamrock Shake. I'll go ahead and begin. Griselda had gotten up that morning early and with purpose. She was going to attend a very important brunch hosted by the Committee on Community Wellness. She was going to be the first giantess to speak on inclusivity and size. Filled with elation, she completed her morning rituals, including shaving her scales and degreasing her glands. (laughs) Everything was going according to plan. It wasn't until she entered the living room and she noticed a suspicious amount of post-it notes plastered all over her wall. They were made into the shape of a heart. She read a handful of them, which were written with adjectives like hot, delicious, and nasty. The center note read simply, hey boo. She could feel the blood chortle and hiss in her veins. I knew I should have taken back that key. 
Griselda hurled a giant fist into the center of her heart, of the heart, sorry. <laughs> Crack, cracking the wall behind it, she turned promptly and patted down her brand new jumpsuit with confidence. You better have let yourself out by the time I get back. That event had gone well. Only one upset occurred when a mildly racist elderly troll took the stand and tried to convince everyone that the town mermaid shouldn't be allowed to swim in the public pools because of an alleged salmonella poisoning. Griselda had given a compelling speech regarding sizeism. She had been applauded and embraced by the committee. It was truly a grand day. Upon returning to her apartment, Griselda had almost forgotten about the unwanted advances that had been displayed to her via post-it note. She collected herself in the car. Surely he was a reasonable man. He'll just have to come to terms that we are no more. That's all there is to it. She recited her mantra of affirmation and entered the apartment trying not to grip her hand into a fist. The first thing she noticed was the song. And I can't fight this goblin anymore. I've forgotten what I started fighting for. It had been their first song. Then the smell of baked goods hit her, and she was transported to the memory of their weekend in Cabo. God damn it. She rounded the corner and into the kitchen she found him. A tiny man, about the size of a human shoebox, laid spread eagle on her kitchen island, his hands behind his head. He lay propped against a basket full of fresh sourdough biscuits. One of the confections had been placed delicately between his legs, obscuring his member. Welcome home, baby, the scruffy little man <laughs> winked, his face flushed with rouge. Get out, Randall, she pointed at the door. We're not doing this, she crossed her arms. I want you out. Don't mean that. He stood up. <laughs> he stood up, chrome coated and erect. He skipped merrily over to the blender where he had previously loaded the chamber with margarita mix and ice. He popped the top off the tequila. She watched as he maneuvered under the bottle, his tiny member flapping against the chilled glass. <laughs> he gave her a wink. Ding. <laughs> She could feel the sadness and rage slip into the bottomless pit of desire. Randall had been a fantastic lover, but an absolute dog shit boyfriend. He had ghosted her the day of their wedding and hadn't contacted her since. Still, she remembered the times that they had. You know what we do, baby? Randall unsheathed the condom from behind the blender and began to crawl inside of it. Griselda choked back bitter tears. No! She shouted. She would not be made a fool again. With one swift motion, she picked up the tiny man and shoved him, condom and all, into the blender and ignited the switch. She witnessed the carnage as his tiny body rode around the razor-sharp blades like sick, twisted meat carousel. <laughs> it wasn't until after the blender jammed and the whirling stopped that she came out of her trance and could see the blood that sprayed her upper body and the captains of the small kitchen. What have I done? She fell to her knees. The irony that she had just given a talk on sizeism and had then gone home and promptly murdered her leprechaun was not lost on her. She reeled in horror as she wiped the blood off of her forearms with a hand towel. I'm going to prison, she gasped. Unless she stood up, 
opened her cabinet, and pulled out a margarita glass. I've forgotten what I started fighting for. <laughs> Woo, that's a protein smoothie. Man. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. And that's why it's called Shamrock Shake. That's hilarious. <laughs> I would be more proud of that if I hadn't watched The Return of the Leprechaun this afternoon Ooh. and they made the same joke. Oh. The the Leprechaun Returns is like ignores all the others after the first one. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like a, supposed to be a sequel to the first one. And there are parts of it that you're like, oh, okay, that's pretty okay. It's it's not bad, but mm-hmm. there are parts of it that are like, okay. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you try you trying a little too hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You're trying hard to be bad, and that's mm-hmm. just not good. Ain't gonna work. The best thing about a B that makes a B movie is that we're not trying to be anything. Not trying to be good. You're not trying to be bad. You're just being trashy. Yeah. (laughs) That's what makes it good. If you're trying to be bad, you're going to come off as insincere and and tack and dumb. I I love that story by Amelia Vuitton, though. That was good. I enjoyed it. Oh, she's she's a writer. You know, I've never had a shamrock shake from McDonald's ever. I think it's just a mint shake. Oh, well, fuck that. (laughs) Yeah, I think (laughs) there's like literally nothing. It's just green and it's mint. That's it. I was hoping that it would give me superpowers or, you know, I'd see leprechauns or a rainbow with a pot of gold, but I guess I'll just go back to bed. (laughs) I mean, you can take psilocybin (laughs) in large quantities and go out in the middle of the forest. I'm sure you'll see something like a leopard. It's a good day for a camping trip. Oh, my God. Could you imagine, like, you go on a camping trip and then your friends have this whole plan to ruin it and mortify you somehow? Oh, my God. That'd be horrible. Oh, my God. So, uh, thank you for listening. Uh... Again, if you have any suggestions, please email us at ogowpodcast at gmail.com and please rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. See you next time. Bye.